Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. It's after Halloween, going into the first week of November, and we are back at it one more time. I'm Wayne here tonight. I am Steve, and speaking of Halloween, uh, how many kiddos did you guys have uh, come by the doorstep? We had quite a few kids, man. I, I said I wasn't going to pass out candy because, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with it. And then I said, you know what? I don't want to be the guy on the street like, man, that guy right there, he's an asshole. He don't pass out candy. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be that that individual. So I went out, bought, uh, I think I bought about three or four bags of candy. So kids started coming by right at 530. And I think I shut the lights off about a little after eight. So I had a half a bag of candy left, you know, so it was it was pretty good. A lot of kids, a lot of parents had their kids out there. And so, uh, yeah, it was warm. That was another thing. It wasn't freezing cold like it normally is here. Uh, so it was pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, pretty good. 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 How about we didn't you guys? Have, we didn't have very many, man. We had wow. maybe maybe 30 kids oh, wow. in two hours that's about wow. it man that's wow. about it lynn lynn has always been the designated candy passer out <laughs> and i i just pass out stuff when i absolutely have to because i i hate doing that with a passion man not yeah. not as if Growing up, that we didn't go all over the city of E-Town mm-hmm. to find yep. candy from <laughs> yep. from Mile Street to the bottom to the hill yep. to, yep. to out to the Highlands, Indian yep. Hills, yep. you know, everywhere, you yep. know. Yep. And uh, back in those days, it was it was always good, you know. It was. It, it was, was always it was. good. And every now and then, even then. Uh, there was some lady over on um, Mantle Street that she always gave out like cake and stuff. Every really, <laughs> cake? Oh wow. yeah, cake. I mean, wow. I don't have any. I don't have any candy, but you can have some cake. She had cakes, like huh. three or four cakes, and then she'd give you a slice of cake. And wow. like, you know that didn't last long. <laughs> no, because you're eating you know? it all the way while you're walking. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, the cake wow. is a hell of a lot better than the candy. That was always good, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah Halloween yeah. was not too many ghosts and goblins for the um, Hunter's yeah. Run uh, yeah. subdivision. You yeah. know, only about thirty kids, but it was all good, and yeah. they had a good time. I had had one person text me the night before and said, "Can I bring my kids over tonight because they're going to be up on the north side tomorrow." First of all, she, this is Steve's so-and-so. I never knew the guy. He lives a couple doors down from me. Speak to him all the time. Had his kids in class. and I I, I couldn't remember. Steve? The only, there's only two Steves I know in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's other than myself. Uh, and I'm like, it's got to be him. So he came by with his kid the night before Halloween and uh, – gave him out some candy and stuff like that. So yeah. other than that, it was all good. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the lady on Mantle that gave out cake. I had, We had a favorite down in our area, uh, down at the end of the bottom. She was at the intersection of, I think it was Nicholas Street and Pier Street, Miss Henrietta Mormon. Mm-hmm. And man, she passed out popcorn balls. Yeah. <laughs> 
Woo, man, everybody was in a hurry to get to Miss Henrietta's house because you got there early because they she she'd give it all out, man. You wouldn't get any, but <laughs> you know, popcorn balls and uh, it was it was cool time, man. Like you say, we we roamed all over the place, man, trick or treating, and yeah. it, it's not that way anymore. And it's it's the way society has changed to where you know kids, people were you know doing stuff to candy and all kind of stuff. And a few years ago here lady was uh passing out candy to the kids and she got bum rushed by this guy at her door man hmm. try to break in her house so that sort of put a damper on a lot of folks uh turn just turning their lights out because they're like this is ridiculous man it's you know we're, you know trying to you know do something for the kids and you got some idiot trying to break in people's houses man <laughs> <laughs> i mean it just it just ruins everything so for a long time especially on our street a lot of folks they would just turn their lights out yeah. Uh, but now it's coming back a little bit. And on our street, pretty much everybody uh, had their porch light on passing out candy. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to be the Grinch. So I'll do what I can for the kiddies because I was a kid at one time and I, I remember those days. So it's all yeah. good. Okay. All right. All right. All right, man. Sir. Let's uh, let's see what we got on tonight. What we got tonight. We got about four topics that we want to hit on tonight. A uh, couple of them, uh, you know, warrant some serious discussion. The rise of this anti-Semitic activity in in the country. It's 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 a little getting out of hand a bit. Uh, talk about foreign aid versus domestic aid. Uh, we always got to get a music topic in because that's just who we are. So tonight we want to talk about the end of maze and uh, I'm sure that's going to elicit a lot of good conversation. And lastly, we want to talk about a uh, hero of the college basketball world. That is the general Bobby Knight, uh, passed this week. So we want to talk a little bit about him. So that's, what's on tap for tonight, my friend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Well, let's, uh, Let's get into this issue that has come to the way the the forefront here because of the uh, <clears throat> situation that has taken place over in the Southwest Asia or the Middle East uh, mm-hmm. recently, and with Hamas attacking um, uh, Israel and so on, and uh, the ramifications of that has been has been the uh, a huge uptick in anti-Semitism and so on. So what are your thoughts there, man? Well, I, we were talking about this the other day, man, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out what is it about, why do people dislike the Jewish people? That's that's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why, why, and you've got, you know, like a lot of the, the anti-Semitic activity, a lot of this is happening on college campuses. Right. And for the longest time, college campuses have been that bastion of society where free thoughts are allowed to reign and people can voice their opinion and and not have, you know, you be talked down to this or that. But now it's like you got students threatening to kill Jewish students and all kind of other stuff. And I saw the other day, man, this Asian kid was one of the individuals who was like, he was going to threaten to kill Jewish students at Cornell University. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? You're, you're a minority yourself. You know, so I, I can't fathom it, man. What What is it that people dislike about the Jewish people that would cause them 
to want to kill, hurt, harm, you know, bomb synagogues and temples. Or what? I mean, what is it? I, that's that's the part I don't get. I don't get it. So I, I am concerned. Uh, I had a young lady. She worked for me for years. Uh, she was Jewish. So I reached out to her the other day just to check on her to make sure that uh, she and her family were good, that, you know, nothing has been, you know, no threats have been uh, levied toward her or her family. Um, and I'm, we, we were talking to them, man, if I was Jewish, man, I think I'd, you know, I ain't wearing a star of David. I ain't, I ain't highlighting nothing because people are crazy, man. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, what is it about the Jewish people that has people so angry and they're angry about it's not it's not the Jewish people are doing anything to the Palestinians. Israel is fighting Hamas. They're not against the Palestinian people. But the way the media is spinning a lot of this thing, it's got people fired up for the wrong reasons. And and now it's spilled over to where people are being threatened just because of who they are. And that's that's wrong, man. It's just flat out wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and um, it's at a point where, you know, if you go back to the well, you go back literally to the 1800s, you know, there's there's always been a public political um, outcry or discrimination against Jews. I mean, they ran them out of Europe for the right, most right, part. They had, right. They've had pogroms for many, many centuries there. And then, of course, in the um, uh, during World War One, it was um, thought that Jewish bankers uh, were responsible for the beginning of World War One, or getting the United States involved in World War One, and so on. And uh, of course, in the 1930s, uh, uh, Hitler had to um, gain power some way, and. Uh, he targeted Jews yep, yep. because he felt that they didn't do enough to uh, help Germany out um, during uh, during World War One, or these Jewish bankers uh, were responsible. So they they had a target on them from then. And then, of course, when the war ended and you know six million over six million uh, Jews were uh, killed during uh, World War II and the Holocaust and so on, and then they um, chose to uh, go to Israel uh, in large numbers after after the war, and then in 1948 the United Nations declared the um, status of nationhood for the Jewish state, mm -hmm. which at that point in time, all the Arabs in Southwest Asia or the Middle East felt that they were, you know, taking land that once belonged to them. And, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, we, I think we've mentioned this before, Abraham and Sarah, you know, they mm -hmm. all decided to leave that area to go to Egypt to find jobs and so on. Of course, Pharaoh put them in prison. They were there for 400 years and they left the land and came back. And of course, you know, this is our land. No, this is our land. We mm -hmm. were here before you were 400 years right. ago and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so 
you know, it's it's always been that part. The other thing that's kind of unique is the fact that um, I see black folks and Jewish folks should be like like you said, cousins. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the Protestant Christians in the United States and in in parts of Europe didn't like the idea of black folks or wanting to continue slavery and so on. And so, you know, we dealt with the same situation, but coming from mm-hmm. two different directions. Right. You know, a lot of times some of the, um, some, not all, some of these um, wealthy Jewish people, if you go back and look at the civil rights movement, they were right in the middle of That's the civil right. rights movement with, with right. black folks. Yep. So we had this kinship and politicians um, especially white Christian politicians don't want to see unity among a group or groups. Nope. If you can keep them fractured and divided, then it's going to help your cause and it's going to keep you in power. That's right. So just as we've talked about before, you know, the Black Panther Party, you know, they didn't want the Black Panther Party to be together because they were strength in numbers and so on. So what do you do? You do everything you can to break them up. You yep. do, do everything you do, you can to provide uh, some disinformation to splinter them. Yep. And so that's the same thing that's happened with blacks and Jews uh, in, in this country. Somehow you, you put in, you, you, you pit the two groups against one another, because if they came out and, and joined forces, that would be a threat to the, the dominant political aspirants that's running the country and so on, you know, and so on. And I, I don't, I don't get it either. Uh, the only thing I can say is that, you know, w- once again, if you can control, if you can control the narrative, then you kind of win, you kind of win the verbal and the the physical battles. Yeah. And as you mentioned on college campuses, I mean, that's the place that's where, quote unquote, the, the liberal universities, you know, where you can think for yourself. Yep. You know, that's where a lot of those things are or are, are and should be should be taking place. Yep. You know, yep. these conservatives don't want to, these liberal professors, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Well, if you were raised, we've had friends that lived right a couple doors down from us and they raised their kids to hate anything democratic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they aren't supposed to, they, you are to be a conservative period. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they have two kids like, you know, we have two kids and one of the kids basically just went, you went off on the parents and said, you've been telling us a lie that we can't do these things. We can't think, but only in a certain way. Well, I've outgrown that. And you can no longer, you know, dictate that crap to me anymore. You know, so it comes across as, you know, we don't want you to um, think on your own. We want you to think our way. And so these these quote unquote Eastern liberal universities, um, 
you know, they have failed. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the Harvards has failed when they came out with this attack on Hamas. They should have stood right up and say, we support all people. This is not right. But they him hawed around a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, <clears throat> then when you do that, it's kind of sending a signal to the other people that it's OK to hate these people. Right. You know, right. it's just like when when they bombed that one, the, when this bombing took place or a missile the confusion. Hamas said it was the Jews who did it or Israel that did it. And the Israelis said, well, we didn't do that. We wouldn't attack that. But the word went out that the Jews did this. They assumed that they did it, period, as a far as opposed to mm-hmm. finding out the facts of the situation. Because right now, everything that we do is a knee-jerk response. Yep. You know, Biden was on his way to talk to the leader of Jordan. This event happened and it was the Jews who did it. You support the Jews, so therefore you're not coming to meet with us. And they didn't know the facts. Now, right. you know, like most people, most men in power, they're not going to ever say that they're wrong. Right, right. So they're not going to say, oh, I'm sorry, man. It was it was my bad. You know, it was a mistake. Come and visit us. Now, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to do it. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. I it and you and you to me, it's it's disheartening to see that people don't seem to have compassion for humanity. You know, it, again, people are got things confused, man. You got people that are suffering on both sides of this thing, right? You know, in, innocent Israelis are suffering, innocent Palestinian people are suffering, and you know, yeah, Hamas, you're a terrorist organization. You need to be removed. But there are a lot of innocent people suffering in this, and I find it hard to believe in our country that people don't seem to have any empathy for, you know, the the human cost that this thing is is bringing to bear. So, and it's also it's also it's hard when you see another minority group hold something against, even though I you know most I would you say the Jewish people are a minority group? I, I don't, maybe, maybe that's not the right term, but they've been persecuted in this country. Right. And when you, and when you see another minority group, you know, bring something like this Asian kid did at Cornell that he was going, he wanted to kill Jewish students. Like, dude, what is wrong with you? You obviously don't have a freaking clue about anything that about this country, the history of this country. You, the, you should be the last person wanting to threaten somebody. You're you're a minority person yourself. You should have some empathy for what's going on and see the big picture of things. So, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at there. I'll leave yeah. it there. I agree with you 100. Yeah, percent You know, so and it's going to continue. It's oh yeah, continue. yeah, yeah. It is. It is not going to stop. And uh, we we need to be vigilant. Uh, you know, if we have Jewish friends, I think we need. I think we need to check on those folks. Man, right. and just make sure they're good, you know, uh, because it's people, man, they get spun up. Rhetoric, language, it gets people spun up. We saw that from January the 6th. What yeah. what happens when words are taken way beyond and, and, and put into action and, you know, innocent people end up getting hurt or worse yet killed. And so. Uh, yeah, it, I, I don't see this getting getting better, man, with the with the way things are being ramped up every day. So, yes, sir. Yeah, more more things will happen now. The oh, yeah. 
you know, the the byproduct of that is the fact that <clears throat> we as the United States are trying to trying to keep that thing from evolving into a mm-hmm. much bigger conflict. So we're trying to tell the Israelis to, uh, you know, kind of be careful with what you're doing. You don't want right, to kill right. everybody and you know, just right. wipe out everybody. Right. right. And people are trying to say, yeah, you don't want to, you don't cease fire. And no, I'll be honest. If I was over in Israel too, and they did that to my folks, I wouldn't want to cease fire. Right, right. I would go. I'm gonna go get their ass. Mm-hmm. You know, so well, that's a that's a tough situation. Right. And so, you know, they have to figure out how they can how they can um, do what's right for their people, and also um, make sure that they aren't really targeting innocent people but however you know innocent people always die in war yeah here's 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 my take on it because all all these all these terrorist entities they always want to come across like they're tough guy you know we we they do their clandestine crap and then what do they do they bring innocent civilians into it and hide amongst them if you're that big and bad Stand on your own, man. My thing is, you got 200-some hostages. Let the hostages go. Let them across the border, back into, into Israel or Egypt, wherever they're going. And now you stand and fight the IDF like a man. Yeah. Okay, don't be bringing innocent women and children into this. But that's who the, these guys are punk asses. <laughs> you know, they always talk about, you know, they let, let off bombs when people are sleeping, building. You ain't tough. But if you if you really as bad as you say you are, release these 200 some hostages you got, send them back across the border into Egypt or Israel and tell the IDF, okay, we're ready to fight. Let's get it on. But no, they're not going to do that because they're cowards. They're cowards. Cowards. So that now you you have all these innocent people who are uh, what's the term? They are. um, What's the term? When you you know folks are killed and it's it's they're in the area. What is collateral that? What is damage? That collateral damage. They they are these people are being being used as collateral damage because you're hiding amongst innocent people. And to me, that you're a coward, man. If you if you're hiding behind women and children, and 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 you don't want to come out and fight because you're you're tough, right? You're you're big bad Hamas mm-hmm. and Hezbollah, all these people. You're hiding behind women and children. Step out into the light and fight me like a man. But you're not going to do that. So uh, the IDF, I mean, yeah, it's a tough way to go because you're going house to house or whatever it is, hand to hand with these. And and a lot of innocent people are taking the brunt of this because these guys are cowards. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. And there, there'll be more information oh, yeah. that we'll have to deal with. Oh yeah, it's it's like you say, it's just going to keep going on, man. And uh, you know, hopefully, there's going to be a peaceful outcome to this at some point. That's what I told my Jewish friend uh, that hopefully someone um, can can negotiate a peaceful end to this because as it stands right now, Israel's goal they're they're going to level Gaza and yeah. uh, they're going to level Gaza and. Uh, 
like you said, on one hand, you can't blame them, man. You 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 killed innocent people come across our border. So, but a lot of people are suffering that had nothing to do with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of you know Israel having issues, you know there's going to be um, um, Congress having to deal with trying to provide them with some type of uh, assistance. So we'll segue into the uh, next topic is, and that's foreign aid compared to domestic aid. So um, mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. go ahead and let you start on that. Yeah, I was I was uh, listening to a news program the other day, and there was a call-in type environment. And the individual called in, and you know he expressed like, you know, hey, I, I empathize. Uh, with the humanitarian crisis that's going on in the Middle East, you know, with, like I say, innocent people being dragged into this have nothing to do with it. And the U.S. as the, you know, we take care of everybody in the world, he's like, you know, we seem to be able to find millions and billions of dollars to give to other countries. But when it comes to issues that are prevalent right here staring us in the face in the U.S., we can't seem to find any money for it. He's like, I don't get that. He said, in that regard, I'm mad. He said, when this all this money going to Ukraine and whatnot, he's like, what about the issues that are right here staring us in the face? Homelessness, people hungry, this or that. You know, uh, he said, where's the aid for that? He said, I don't see it. So he's like, part of me says, you know what? I, yeah, at some point we do need to be uh, isolationist a little bit and take care of the needs here at home. And he has a point. He has a point, man. You know, billions and billions of dollars, which Biden is asking for now, he's asking for $14 billion uh, for Israel, and I forgot how much he wants for Ukraine. But there doesn't ever seem to be these billions and billions of dollars going to causes right here at home. You know, uh, did they ever fix the pipes in Flint? Did they ever fix the pipe issue, the water issue in Jackson, Mississippi? I mean, there are tons of issues right here at home that billions and billions of dollars thrown at those causes here would probably change the lives of people tremendously here right in the good old U.S. of A. So I'll throw it over to you. Your thoughts. It's simple. (laughs) We don't want to help poor people. Mm. That's the bottom line. We don't want to help poor people. You've got a party, political party, that only looks out for the wealthy people in this country. And they will do everything they can to protect the wealthy. They will do everything they can to protect their political interest and them getting money. Now, to me... When you look at Flint, when you look at Jackson, Mississippi, you're looking at poor black people. Mm. We ain't gonna help them poor black people out. Let's go, mm. let's go, let's go back to let's go back to uh the safety net. Okay. People that people that feel that people are getting something free. Mm. All right. Well, no, we're not going to you want to get you want to get unemployment. You got to prove that you're trying to find a job. 
Right. <laughs> and you can only stay on that job for six weeks. And if you don't own that job for six weeks, you got to prove that you're looking for another job because you are a freeloader. I pay taxes and my taxes are going to that son of a bitch that ain't doing a damn thing. All he's doing is laying on his ass, making babies. All she's doing is laying on her ass, having babies, and we're paying for it. That's the thought behind domestic aid. Mm. We don't want to. We don't want to tax the rich to help them have them to help pay for some of these social networks and so on, because we as Republicans and I damn I hate talking about Republicans all the time. <laughs> OK, they don't want to do anything to help poor people out. They mm. want to control everything that's going on within our society because they are in power. OK, mm. Um mm. We don't want you to we don't want you to make a decision about your own body because for some reason we feel that it is it's you 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 have a pregnancy, you terminate the pregnancy, that's a bad thing. But guess what? When they have the pregnancy and they don't terminate the pregnancy and they give the baby up for adoption or they they have a hard time finding a job because they do have kids, then they mm. look down upon those same right people. You know, we're not helping you out. She just had two babies. You're not having any more. We're not going to help you out. So why are we going to, why are we going to spend money? I'm not saying that this is what I would do. I'm saying this is what, this is how they think. You know, we're not going to help these people. We're not going to help domestic spending. We're not going to do that. Like the Mm. guy that called, you said call. Yeah. Why can't we, why can't we do this? Because yeah. we don't want to help poor people out. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was incensed. He's like, I'm, I, I get it. He, you know, he says, "Hey, I have empathy. I, I, I feel the pain of these people over there that don't that don't have you know food, water, this or that, because the Hamas has shut things off and they're hoarding this or that." But he's like, hey, we got issues right here at home where, you know, you got people sleeping on the street. You got kids going hungry every day. You said the the issues in Flint, the issues in Jackson. Uh, I'm sure there are areas down in uh, uh, New Orleans that are still have been repaired from Katrina. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and so he's like, what what about us? I mean, what what about us? And you're absolutely right, man. The this aid package that Biden is trying to get for Israel, 14 billion, the House passed a, uh, they passed their version of this bill to give the aid to Israel with the caveat, well, we're going to, we're going to defund or underfund the IRS. Yes. (laughs) Because, well, if, if the IRS is underfunded, they can't catch all the crooked rich people that are violating tax loopholes and whatnot to keep their money in their pockets. That's why, you know, so you're absolutely right. I mean, they are, they are going to look out, for the wealthiest people in this world and everybody else, be damned. Yeah. I mean, I we're, we are in a catch-22. We have to help Israel out. We have to help Ukraine out because what ends up happening, as we mentioned before, Malcolm X said it, the chickens are going to come home to roost. That's right. Okay, so if we don't help those people out, then we're going to allow terrorists to take over that area. If yeah. we don't help out Ukraine, we're going to allow the Russians to take over. And the Russians aren't our friends. Nope. They are not our friends. So we yeah. have to keep them at bay so that we can have some type of influence so that we can say that our type of policies, the way that we do things, are 
are decent, are working. Okay, it'll give yeah. you the opportunity to help people out and so on. But if you don't, then we're going to fall apart. So somewhere down the line, there's got to be a balance. Yeah. There's got to be a balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest balance is this. These rich fuckers in this country, mm-hmm. they need to pay their fair share. If they pay their fair share, okay, and government revenue goes up, all right, and we can balance the budget. We haven't had a balanced budget since Bill Clinton was president. Correct. You know, and he he left George W. Bush right. $500 million surplus. Yeah. And within two or three years, it was a trillion dollars of deficit because <laughs> we go over and we fight a war that we blame on somebody else and wars mm-hmm. aren't, aren't cheap. Nope. Okay. Nope. So somewhere down the line, you know, our, our stupid friend, Orange Julius Caesar, <laughs> you know, he gave a three or $3 trillion tax credit to the wealthy. Yep. And guess what kind of tax credit I got out of that? I didn't get jack. I got twenty four dollars. Yeah, I think these I people think, are right. these people are saving twenty four million dollars or two point yeah. five billion dollars, and I got twenty four dollars. Yeah, I think we got we might have got that, maybe maybe thirty or forty bucks. Yeah, well, it wasn't nothing compared to what the the top one percent got in this country. Yeah. You know? And and you mentioned, like I say, we hate to keep talking about Republicans, but whatever reason, they did not include. They're not. They're some of the holdouts. They don't want to fund Ukraine. And someone mentioned the other day, it's like when in the past the Republican Party was always against Russia, it was always against Russian aggression, communism, whatnot. But now you've got people in the Republican Party that want to see Putin succeed. And that, I mean, that's baffling. It is mind boggling. And so Putin, we, we, we underfund Ukraine or don't provide them any funding. Then you're basically just saying, Hey, Mr. Putin, go ahead, man, keep rolling. But they don't realize because they're too, they're, they're, they're too stupid that he ain't stopping at Ukraine. He is going to keep going through Europe. And now you've got a bigger shit storm on your hands because you all don't want to do the right thing. So, yeah, it's a catch 22, man. Well, they Um, they want to follow they want to follow, you know, um, Agent Orange mm -hmm. and Agent Orange is um, Putin's lapdog. Yeah. You know, he's he's sucking on Putin all the time. And Mm -hmm. since they're afraid of Agent Orange, which he's the biggest punk there ever is. Yeah. Okay. Then they're following his lead. Yep. Yep. You know, he says support Russia. They're going to support Russia. Yeah. They're they're stupid. They're just dumb people. I don't get it. Yep. They wanted, uh, you know, when he was pushing to uh, have the United States pull out of NATO. I'm like, what? I mean, just I mean, and they were going along with that foolishness. So obviously you've got people, man, that do not understand how the world functions and what the United States' role is in the world. Like you say, all they want to do is stay in power and they're ignorant and they're stupid and they're going to drive this country into the ground. You can see it with a lot of the policies that they either enact or don't want to enact. 
And so it's precarious times, man. But I thought it was interesting, uh, this brother that called in. He, he made some good points. But as you said, we're, 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 caught, between, <laughs> we're caught between two dynamics here. Right. You know, and hopefully there is a happy medium. I don't know where it is. But uh, there are pressing needs here at home that absolutely that, I that agree need 100%. to be addressed, man. Because I don't know how it is in Indianapolis, but you know Colorado Springs is a lot smaller than Indianapolis. But we've got a serious homeless problem here. Yeah, it's everywhere. And, uh, it's everywhere now, and uh, it's homelessness, and it's it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's everything, man. So you you can't tell me that as wealthy as this country is that we can't help everybody out. We can have programs for homelessness. Some people want to be homeless. Right. right. Some people have no option that they lost their jobs or they have mental mm-hmm. issues and so mm-hmm. on. Or those we can have create programs for that. But here's the deal. You know, the States, that where a lot of these things are happening and, and most state state governments, they don't want to spend any money either. Nope. You know, nope. you know, they, they don't want to spend any money on that because that's going to help. Guess what? That's going to help out the poor people, right. you know, and Indiana has Indiana. And I say this all the time. Indiana is trying its best to become a Confederate state Wow. because they don't want to do it's It's a red state. Now, most of the red states are located in the South. You know, those people that mm. lost the Civil War, <laughs> right. Indiana fought on the side of the Union, and it has become a red fucking state. It has become, it is trying its best to become a Confederate state because they definitely, the unit, the legislature definitely does not want to help the people out. Mm. You know, from, from education to helping out the poor people. They just don't. They don't. And the people that live in Indianapolis, all the ones that um, have have fled white flight in almost every major city. You know, if you look at every major big city that is now controlled by black mayors, mm-hmm. all the white folks have gone where? Out to the, to the su- suburb. Yeah, out to the suburb, yeah. You know, they're not. And when that money leaves, the roads and shit fall apart. Mm-hmm. Now they're they're doing their damnedest to bring people back to the city by building houses. If there's a if there's a a vacant lot someplace downtown Indianapolis, they're going to put an apartment complex on it and charge people three thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month, mm-hmm. or in order to 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 be downtown. Yeah. Yeah. That revenue is is staying there, but most of the revenue has moved out to the suburbs, and so mm-hmm. have all the all the folks who moved out to mm-hmm. the suburbs. Yeah. You know, and that, there's a steady stream of revenue that the city's not. You, our mayor is in for a fight for his life. He's a Democratic mayor, and there haven't been very many Republican mayors in the city of Indianapolis since we've been in Indianapolis. We've almost mm. been here for 40 years. Wow. Okay. And this mayor is running for his life. Why? Because of gun violence, because of shootings. Mm. I. Every major city in the country, there's shootings that's going on, and there's no mayor that's going to be able to stop that shit. Right, right. Not going to do it. Okay. Wow. So it's 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 amazing that once again, people don't 
people don't care. They only look out for themselves and they don't want to, I shouldn't say people. No, I, I need to qualify that. Politicians, people in power, only look out for themselves. And Indiana is a is a red state. That legislature's got a super majority, and they gerrymandered everything like all the other red states have, and whatever they want to get passed, they get it passed. Hmm. And there's no opposition to it. Wow. You know, they 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 even gone to the fact that the the person that's in charge of uh, education, the the state secretary uh, secretary of education, they've changed that from a an elected position to an appointed position. Because hmm. mostly Democrats have voted for the person that was in charge of education. They changed it to change it to a, an appointed position so that they can push their issues. Wow. And of course, the state legislature is controlled by guess who? So you can't stop it. Nope, nope. You know, you got a you got yeah. a governor that's that's red. Mm-hmm. They haven't been a Democratic governor since Evan Bayh, and he just fucking quit the Senate <laughs> because he is a pussy. Yeah, wow. You know, so mm. I mean, it's kind of like I, I would imagine it's kind of like. A, a Republican living in a blue state, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you're say your voice is very small. That's, yeah. that's the way that's the way I feel, and I yeah. and I voted for Republicans and Democrats. But that's just the facts of what this state is. State is right. all about. Right, right. Anyway, I kind of got yeah. off there. No, no, it's uh, it's 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 good. It was it was relevant to the discussion because of. Uh, where we find ourselves. I mean, it's, it's the reality, man, that poor people always get the shaft. They have always gotten the shaft. They probably always will. And, uh, but I, I just think, the there, there's some, there's some legitimate questions to be raised when you're talking about, you know, aiding, aiding abroad and ignoring things at home. There's, I think it's, it's a, it's a legitimate question to ask because we see it all around us. There, there are needs pressing here, here yeah. at home, and they, we, we never seem to have the funds, but we can always go to Congress and ask for billions and billions of dollars for someone else. And yeah. I think people are getting a bit tired of that when uh, we got problems here. So I think it was either Marvin Gaye or the Temptations said that that, or maybe Prince said something about sending. We can send man to the moon, but we can't, we can't spend enough money to protect our own people. Right, right, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. do we really need to send man? Do we really need to colonize right. the fucking moon? Who in hell is right. going to, if, if right. the earth falls apart, who's going to live up there? Who's going to be right. up there? It ain't going right. to be one of us. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. those those rich people that, that can afford those $250,000 uh, rides to semi-orbit, they're the one that's going to be up there. It ain't going to be us. No, it ain't going to be no gonna poor be my, people. No, no one in my family. No, and mine either. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, the the money that we stuff we spend money on here, and it's, it's foolish, man, going to Mars and all this. I mean, who the hell? Why, why? When when you got people that are unhoused and and whatnot, it's it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. But we can, like you said, we can always cut a check to uh, some foreign entity, and I'm, a lot of these foreign entities, man. I'm not sure, like, why can't you support yourself? 
<laughs> I mean, uh, why can't you support yourself? Why do you need foreign aid from this country? Uh, so, yeah, I think it's 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 all relevant, man. And hopefully there is a happy medium at some point. Don't know when, where it's coming from, but something needs to be done to uh, to deal with both issues because it's we live in a global society now. Right. And just because something ain't happening here, it's happening in other parts of the world, it is going to affect you at some point. Right. <laughs> it's going to affect us. So so I think uh, that was a good segue point. You were talking about Indiana and, and, and whatnot and the governors and the legislature and whatnot. I think it'd be a good point to talk about a, a native Indianian. Is that the term, Indianan? Is that, <laughs> is that it? Uh, uh, is Hoosier. That the Hoosier, a Hoosier, a Hoosier legend, no doubt. And uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the general himself, Bobby Knight, uh, Indiana basketball coach. That's that's where I remember him from. He did coach at Texas Tech for a few years, but he was the Indiana basketball coach. And um, I had an uncle, cousins. They live in Bedford, Indiana. He was a, oh, yeah. he loved Bobby Knight. <laughs> he loved Bobby Knight. He loved IU basketball, but uh, Bobby Knight, despite all the crazy crap he did, the man is a coaching legend, or he was a coaching legend, no doubt. And uh, what was it, that team, the 70, was it the 1976? Yeah. Went 32 and 0. That has not been repeated uh, in Division I basketball since. And that was a hell of a team he had. But um, someone was talking the other day. I forgot what what coach was on. And they were saying that he and Bobby Knight were great friends. And, and he said, you know, Bobby couldn't coach today. He he couldn't coach a lot of these athletes oh, no. today. No, no, no. <laughs> he couldn't do it because it's a different environment. And I, I don't think a lot of kids today could they, – they, could, they couldn't stand up to that, man. No, they could soft. Stand, yeah, they soft. could – they couldn't stand up to it. Now he crossed the line a few times, but uh, it means you're a coach, man. You listen to the coach. The coach had authority, you know, back in the day when we were coming up. The coach, what the coach said, was gospel a lot of times. Yeah. But he he could not survive in today's environment because he'd have lawsuits all over the place from parents and whatnot. Uh, but he he ran into some trouble, you know, here there a few things he did, putting his hands on kids and throwing chairs and all kind of stuff. <laughs> but you had to respect uh, the basketball mind that he was and uh, the things he did for the sport. Your thoughts? Yeah, he, um, I mean, undefeated in 76. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I was at Eastern in 81 when they won it with um, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then was it 87 when they won it with Keith Smart? Yeah, they won it with shot. Keith Smart. Yep, if that jump shot from the corner. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I mean, he was he was the legend, you know. And yeah. uh, Steve Alford, who was always a big bust to me, mm-hmm. you know, I I, <clears throat> I got into an argument with some guy in the cafe in the teachers' lounge whether we should um, draft um, Steve Alford. The Pacers should draft draft Steve Alford or Reggie Miller, mm. and <laughs> and that's a no brainer. Yeah, well, not to, <laughs> not to this guy. Not not this is Indiana now. Come on. Oh, I, yeah, I know, I know. So we were in, and and you know Steve Alford was of course you know 
they ran pick after pick after pick after pick for Steve Alford to get mm-hmm. his jump shot. You know, mm-hmm. he could hit jumpers. You know, yeah. he wasn't yeah. def- he wasn't a defender whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But they, it was the Steve Alford show. I mean, you're yeah. gonna set a pick, and Steve Alford's gonna get a jump shot. Period. Yeah. And uh, when the Pacers had their first pick in the draft that year, I forget what year it was. Yeah, uh, I, I remember that. I remember that draft though. Yeah, it was the first pick was Reggie Miller. I said, Reggie Miller, man, that's a great pick. He's from uh, uh, UCLA. His sister's mm-hmm. a great basketball player. I think he scored eighty or ninety points. That's a great pick. Mm-hmm. This this guy stood up. Over the lunch table, I'm trying to eat my lunch. He pointed my finger. He pointed his finger at me and said, "There's no way he should not pick Steve Alford. He's a better player." I said, "Steve Alford can't hold Reggie Miller's jock strap. <laughs> Period." <laughs> what come to find out, Steve Alford made it what two years, maybe three yeah, years, yeah, 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 in the last. NBA as yeah. a second banana. Yeah, he didn't yeah, last. Reggie yeah. Miller is in the Hall of He's Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and one of the most beloved Pacers in, in Pacer in, history. In the history. <laughs> I mean, the term boom, baby, came That's around right. because That's of right. uh, Slick right. Leonard and yep, Reggie Slick Miller. Leonard. That's right. You know, one of, the, one of the most beloved players in Indiana Pacer history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Bobby Knight was, you know, going back to Bobby Knight. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's, he's God in Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, he came and recruited a kid from my school. His name is Andre Owens. Okay. And, um, I'm sitting where I sit, you know, you know, like going to Etown high school gym, everybody right. sits in the same place they, they right. do all the time. I can tell right. you right now where people are sitting when they go back to Etown. So I have my spot. Up at uh, in in my school's uh, gym, I sit up mm-hmm. up up high, you know, where I'm away from everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there just watching the game. And the i the iPod just came out, mm. and I had an iPod, and I was listening, I was jamming to some music, mm-hmm. watching the game, you know. And one of my former um, uh, football players was in the student section, and he came up. To where I was, and he goes, "Hey, Coach Jay." I said, "What's up, Eric?" He goes, "What's what's that you got?" I said, "It's an iPod." He goes, uh, "Hey, man, did you, did you know Bobby Knight sitting behind you?" I said, "Man, get the <laughs> fuck out of here!" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, Bobby Knight came in. He's here. He's here to watch Andre play." Man, get the fuck out of here! Come on, Eric, stop playing. And I turn around, and Bobby Knight's two seats behind me. I didn't even uh-huh. see. I had not moved. Wow. He walked up the steps. I didn't even, I don't know what was happening. I must have been listening to something pretty damn good. Oh, you're right. I like to walk right by me and sit right behind me. So I turned mm. around, damn, that is Bobby Knight. So Andre Owens ended up playing uh, for IU for a year. And then all the things started happening with Bobby Knight. He transfers to Houston. Okay. And he finishes out playing. Uh, for Houston, I don't think he was drafted by the by the NBA. Yeah, but he may, have been on, he may have been on one of the um, um, European leagues or something right, like right, that. Right, right, you know? right. So, uh, but yeah, he hmm. Bobby was in legend, and like you say, he threw the chair across. Oh yeah, <laughs> across, <laughs> across right. the. Uh, 
floor and you know all that stuff you know yeah uh, quite passionate yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm looking here Andre Owens he ended up playing for the Pacers for a little bit okay okay the name doesn't ring a bell but yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I tried to get him to play run track for me man but yeah. he, he, he wasn't coordinated enough I said all you have to do is come out and long jump Andre yeah. He couldn't jump off of one foot. He couldn't jump off of one foot. Oh, uh, okay. He, he's yeah, like two footed jump. He had to jump off of two feet. He, yeah. he had a vertical. He had like a forty inch vertical. Wow. But he could not jump off of one foot. Wow. And and the basketball coach that that came in afterwards wasn't going to allow him to do anything but do basketball anyway. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're mentioning you know talk about Steve Alford and. Bobby Knight only coached one NBA All-Star, and that was Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Yeah, he coached one NBA All-Star, and that was Isaiah yep. Thomas. And I think uh, toward the end, for the longest time, he wanted nothing to do with IU. <laughs> he didn't oh, want yeah. nothing to do with well, IU. Well, because they, because, you know, he they ran his ass out. Yeah, yeah, they, they ran him away. But and he came back. He, he came, came back. back and uh, he was he was uh, a lot of the guys he played for Quinn Buckner, Isaiah, Randy Whitman, a lot of these guys they talked always they always talked glowingly about him that they loved this guy. Yeah. And you know what he did for them not just as ball players but what he did for them as men. Yeah. And uh, I put him up there in the category with uh with Tom Landry and um was my man from the Packers um Vince, Vince Lombardi. Vince I, I Lombardi. Bobby, I put Bobby Knight in that category. A coach that, you know, you we're going to do things my way, you know, and if you do it my way, you know, we're going to be successful. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to hear your mouth for this or that, but that was then. But I put him up there with, with those type of coaches across sports. John uh, Wooden? John Wooden, absolutely. Chesky? Uh, yep. Yep, Coach K, even Bill Belichick. I put him in with Bill Belichick, that level. Uh, there, and the, there aren't that many guys that, that have total command over their program, and you know who's who's in charge. Uh, and he was John one of those Thompson? coaches. John Thompson, yes. Yeah. John yeah. Thompson. Um, you know, you know who's in charge. And so uh, he he's a legend, man, Hall of Famer, uh, but – like you say, he was God in Indiana. Oh, yeah, <laughs> when it came to a God and when it came to basketball, my uncle loved him. He, man, if there was an IU basketball game on, he was not going to miss it because he, he loved Bobby Knight. So, so yeah. So we uh, want to say rest in peace, rest in power, Mr. Bobby Knight, the general. Bobby Knight. The general. Yeah, the general, the general, absolutely. Yeah, and the the guy that I hate the most, the sports announcer that I hate the most, uh, gave him that title, the general. Yeah, and that's um, oh shoot, I can't think of his name now. Um, Dicky V. Yeah, uh, Dicky yeah. V. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him as much as I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I will wow. not. If he's on any broadcast, I turn the station or turn the sound completely wow. off because I hate that guy. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, he tries. He, he tries to bring a little soul brother into his yeah. his thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Come on, man. I hate him. I hate him. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's had some health issues here as well, man. He yeah, he, he doesn't call as many games as he used to. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's going to be on a lot of the calls this year. College basketball is warming up. Um, the preseason games are wrapping up. UK played uh, their last preseason game the other night. U of L got beat by Kentucky Wesleyan, a Division Two. No shit. Yeah, it was it was a preseason game, it's like a like a you know preseason type game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but they got beat by Kentucky Wesleyan. Remember when Kentucky <laughs> Wesleyan used to come and play ECC? Yeah, yes. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> Division Two now. And they beat U of L the other night. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, man. So all the hype around U of L was this was gonna be the year. Kenny Payne came in, new coach, got rid of all the foolishness that had been going on the last few years, and this was gonna be the year, and then your your preseason game, you get beat by a D two school. <laughs> so it's gonna be interesting this year. Uh, you know, college hoops. I I normally don't watch till it's just getting toward the end of the season when it's getting close to March Madness time because I don't know who to follow anymore. There's, it's not the same where these guys were in school year after year after year and you could get a following. I have no idea who the top player in college basketball is right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know it's, me. It's just, uh, yeah, you don't watch a lot. I, I don't watch. I'll go to high school games, but I won't yeah. watch college or pro games. It's yeah. just – you know, yeah, you know, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who was it, and uh, you get uh, what was the magazine used to get? Robbie Street and Smiths. You get mm-hmm. Street and Smiths magazine, and you knew all the players, and went. I don't even think they make Street and Smiths anymore. I haven't seen it, but uh, I don't. I have no idea who the top college ball players are because these guys don't hang around, man. So, yeah, yeah but yeah, college, a year, year and gone, man. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah, they're they're one and done. So uh, it's getting ready to kick off. So I'll. I'll Keep an eye on what U of L is doing. I could care less about UK, but I'll I'll keep an eye. I'll see what U of L is doing. But I know they got thumped the other night by a D two school. I'm like, okay, oh, wow. <laughs> that's not good. Not good. I, I, I guess Stephanie won't be going to very many U of L basketball games. Uh, man, if you, yeah, <laughs> if you if you if you come on, you got to do better than that, man. This yeah. is this is supposed to be a turnaround year and. Uh, but, you know, some tells me a lot of these guys now, man, they just they're not fundamentally sound. Yeah. And, um, you know, they just think they can just go out there and ball on sheer talent. And that doesn't get it anymore. And that's that's one reason why I don't like to watch basketball anymore, because yeah. they're not fundamentally sound. Yeah, they're not fundamentally sound. They carry yeah. the ball all the time. They walk yeah. all the time. All the AAU basketball has mm-hmm. AAU has ruined basketball. Yep, yep, I agree. Because they don't teach them the fundamentals. Uh, All they do it. is throw the ball out there, make some money, run up and mm-hmm. down the court, yeah. you know, and that's it. Yep, yep. Everybody, everybody wants to cross somebody over or posterize somebody. Or shoot threes when a when you got a three on one fast break and you run to the corner shoot a three nobody goes to the hole anymore to get the layup they get to yep. go run to the corner and shoot a three and it's like are you kidding me yeah you know so I, I agree with you man it's yeah. it's it's not the ball we remember no no <laughs> by, by no means no means you know when ball. we wanted to get points we always could back somebody down we could always right. play underneath the basket right. always like, right always have a post game but. But now you got seven foot guys out on the perimeter with the guards. And it's like, get your big ass down on the block. (laughs) 
well, you know? Uh, changing, changing subjects here. What do you think about the uh, the French guy, man? I, I like this kid, man. man I, I, say, I, like I saw him, him <laughs> slam over somebody the other yeah. day. When, yeah. I think they were playing the he's, he's They were playing the, the Suns. They were playing the Suns. I oh. think they were playing the Suns. Yeah, he went in there with the left hand and threw down. I'm like, okay, this kid is – I like him, man. <laughs> I like I, – I think he is a um, – I thought like, man, they're going to break this kid in half, but he's got heart and um, he, he understands the game. You can see he understands the game. Grew Once in he, Europe. Yeah. It's, it's a different thing, man. You can see he's, he's got fundamentally he's sound. Once he gets to learn the pace of the NBA game and knows how to better use his body, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, man. But I like what I see so far. Yeah. I saw him, I saw him <laughs> dribble. I saw him dribble around somebody and yeah. go underneath the basket and yeah. slam the ball. Yeah. At seven, yeah. four, he's dribbling like yeah. magic Johnson. Go, yeah. I yeah. said, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He He's the real deal, man. I, I, I was skeptical. I'm like, man, they're going to break this kid in half. Cause in the summer league, he got backed down by uh, – oh, I forgot it got his name. He was the rookie of the year last year. He got backed down, and this guy is 6'10", and he backed him down. And I'm like, okay, this this 6'10", guys, what, what is Embiid and the Joker going to do to you, man? But he he's very talented, and once he learns the pace of the game, because he thinks, he thinks, you can tell he thinks – and he's not he's not out there just to be flashy. He he wants to pass. He wants to make the right pass. I'm like, OK, OK, I like you. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, that's one thing about European basketball that I really like, because those guys are fundamentally sound. Yeah. That's why they do so well when they come. That's to the right. NBA. That's right. That's right. And and our guys, the majority who are black, you know, you, you just can't depend on, you know, uh, sheer talent anymore. You got to know the fundamentals, man. And that's why a lot of these GMs, they want these foreign players, man. That's yeah. why they want them, you know, because they, they don't have to explain a lot of this stuff. Um, so, you know, it's like you say, AAU is, it has ruined basketball in a lot of ways uh, for a lot of these young kids because they just, they, they, they're missing the key things about the game that we learned from a young age, when we started to play, we learned that stuff and it was ingrained in you. So as you kept playing, you already had that down. Now people can take that and refine you and, and make you a true basketball player. But that ain't happening now. Right. It's not happening now. So. Yep. All right. Oh, so. Our last topic of the evening, like I said, we always got to slip in a musical topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got a good one tonight, and that is the group formerly known as Maze, featuring Frankie Beverly, is no more. What the, happened? The group has broken up, split up, uh, primarily due to a management issue. Mm. Um, a new management company came in. And caused some dissension uh, amongst the group. And basically, they went their separate ways. So now, uh, the group formerly known as Maze, they are now called TMF, the Music Forever. Mm-hmm. And they're out touring uh, right now. They're on tour right now. They're going to have a uh, an album coming out, I think, first part of the year. 
Uh, but they're touring. They're still playing May's songs, but Frankie Beverly is not part of them. And so uh, Frankie getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, Frankie's up there. He's <laughs> the last time I saw Frankie, he had just turned sixty-five. So that was that was about six years ago. So yeah, he's he's hitting seventy seventy one. Yeah, you know you can sing uh, until you're eighty nine. Hey, Big Jack is still out here. He's eighty. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, out here yeah, bopping yeah. around. But uh, depending on how you, I mean, Maze is that that was it, man. You know, somebody said the other day there are two songs that are uh, important to the black community. <laughs> One is the Negro National Anthem and Before I Let Go. <laughs> He's like, he said, the, the black man lift every voice and thing and before I let go. Like, that, that's it. Those are the two most important songs of the black community. <laughs> and so uh, I was shocked when I heard it because I'm a huge Maze fan. Oh, yeah. Huge Maze fan. Uh, but the guy explained it. He said, hey, we got nothing but love for, for Frankie. It's not an issue with Frankie. It's this new uh, management team that came in and trying to change up everything. Hmm. So in order to, uh, you know, not have strife or not, they just, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll go do our thing. Yeah. And, you know what's going to happen. Uh, no, what's going to happen? You know, Mays is going to come back together in a couple well, of years and go on tour. Well, they might. They might. Uh, right now. They, they're not sure if Frank, what Frankie's going to do, if, if he's going to put another band together and and go out um, because, and you probably, I mean, you're a music head like I am. It was always Maze featuring Frankie. Frankie, Beverly. right, right. Okay? So the, the guys who were in the group, they're like, hey, Frankie never wanted to be a solo act. He said that is why the group was called Maze featuring him. He mm-hmm. didn't he, he wanted a band. He wanted to be in a band. He said, so when you come to a Maze concert, you hear us, you hear the musicians. Frankie was he sang on a lot of the songs, but the music, we created that music together. Right. right. So he's like, we're not going to tour under the name Maze anymore. We're just going to change our name, but the music is going to go on. Hence the name of the group, the music forever. But um, if you got a lot of Maze albums in your collection, you might want to hang on to them. I've been, I've been hanging on to them. <laughs> you know, because uh, you, you won't be seeing, uh, you won't be seeing that Maze featuring Frankie Beverly probably no more. Yeah, I, I heard somewhere that. Um... Maze was the opening act for Marvin Gaye. Yes, yes. And uh, what did they what did they call them? Um, I think they started off. Frankie started off with them called something Soul. Yeah, or, yeah, Raw, it was something else. Something Raw, else. Raw, Raw yeah. Soul. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but yeah, they they weren't Maze until somebody else gave them that. Marvin name. Gaye gave them. Oh that yeah, name. okay. Suggested yeah. the name. I yeah. think they were just known as Raw Soul. I think that's what it was, like 1970. Yeah. Somewhere around there, I think is when it was, and then um, then they you know took that opening act, and uh, I think they signed a record deal with Capitol. I know that I'm, I'm looking at thinking about the album that I just played just the other day. I think it was Capitol Records, and boom, off it went. Maze yep. featuring Frankie yep. Beverly. Because I think the first Maze album that I bought, 
it didn't even say featuring Frankie Beverly. It was just Maze. Right. It was just Maze. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then as more albums came out, then you've got the featuring, you know. Yeah. But uh, man, love, love, love that group. I besides Earth, Wind and Fire, they're, they're one of my they're one of my go to's, man. That uh, the music just takes you to a to a different place. Since we're talking, um, what's one of your, what's what's your favorite Maze track? What's what's one that you can't do without? Well, you've already mentioned it. Well, okay. Besides, <laughs> before I let go. <laughs> oh God! Um, joy and pain. Joy and pain. Okay, that's a good one. Um, back in stride again. Back in stride. Back in stride. Yeah. Uh, yep, those yep. two are are okay. Our picnic favorites. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I would I would go with for me uh golden time of the day. Yeah. And uh happy feelings. Uh, yeah, those are good. Feelings. Yeah. So yeah, I hate to see that, man, but you know, um they say, you know what, it's not an issue with Frankie. Uh it's this new group management group came in and just wanted to just turn things upside down so they're like you know we're not having that so we'll just go our separate ways and they yeah, did yeah. so you look out uh, be on the lookout for tmf uh TMF. the music forever um they've got a single out now but i, I don't think it's available. yeah i don't think it's available <laughs> yet but they're coming out with an album the first part of the year if you go out on youtube you can you can see them uh just go out and look look up tmf you you can check my name they're they're playing may songs but people are, you know, in the comment section of the video, people are like, yeah, I like the group, but you ain't Frankie. The guy's <laughs> you're not Frankie Beverly. You're not. Frankie. You know? Frankie's not part of it. No, he's not part of it. So uh, it is what it is, man. Some, all, all good things must come to an end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's sort the of. Lights. Yeah, turn out the lights. So I think that's uh, just like this episode. <laughs> uh, how good things must come to an end. So unless you have something else, uh, that's all we got for tonight, my friend. I think that's it. We've had a good little conversation here. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, people tune in, you know, from around the world, uh, yeah. locally, statewide, nationally, worldwide. Uh, it's been good. And, um, yeah, we just can continue to do what we do. Two, right. two small town guys from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I think before we sign off, Tuesday is election day. Get your ass out and vote. Yes, sir. Don't don't you pass it. Don't get in the habit of doing it. Right. Bring right. your kids with you. Put them in the booth with you and teach them this is what you do. Right. And once they learn it, they won't forget it and they'll do it. It's just your civic duty. We, we so. can't we can't have people to vote when it's only necessary. Right. That's when that uh, foolishness starts to take place mm-hmm. in state and local local uh, elections. We gotta we gotta right. vote at every every election. That's right. You know, Things com- are too critical now. Yeah, combat this this foolishness. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. So, yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Don't blame anybody if you didn't get out there and vote. That's right. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to go back to my old Italiano. Chiliamo dopo. And I will close with Sayonara. Till we meet again. Till we meet again.
the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.